listening to The 123 Show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Tuesday afternoon. Now, since it's Tuesday, it can only mean one thing. We're going to bring back our food and drink reporter, Andrew Dambina. Andrew, it's great to speak to you. How are you doing? Noreen Mayer, hanging in there. <laughs> have you got enough? How about you? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Uh, have you got enough? Okay, th- here's a checklist. Have you got enough face masks? Have you got enough bleach at home? Have you got enough uh, toilet paper? Gosh, you know, I never thought we'd be saying these words on air. But I know, it's a, it's, a, it's a bit personal, Noreen, but, um, but yeah, thank you for asking. I'm very well stocked for loo roll. <laughs> Gosh, we were just saying earlier, uh, sort of on on the phone, you know, what has Hong Kong become? I mean, uh, robbing people at knife point for for bog rolls. That's that's getting us in the uh, international headlines once again for the wrong reasons, unfortunately. (laughs) It's not not a great reflection, is it? No, it's hard to believe we're world-class cities. Uh, You know, my friends thought I was, my friends from overseas thought, thought I was joking. I was like, nope, it happened. Yeah, no, it, it, it is something that you imagine in a very impoverished, um, unfortunate part of the world, which uh, which perhaps we're becoming, Noreen. Well, fear, fear, <laughs> fear is a crazy thing. It drives you to do, yeah, weird yeah. things. Well, anyway, what have you got for us this week, then? Well, with all that, with all that to one side for a second, then, Noreen, shut <laughs> up. Let's best best foot forward and let's think about uh, foodstuffs that are the best. And the worst, but we'll start with the best, for uh, boosting the immunity with both food and drink. So there's a certain amount that people will have heard of here already. But just a reminder list, plus a bit of additional information that some may not be aware of. Go for it. Go for it. Okay. So um, there's um, there's a wealth of uh, wellness uh, research online. I mean, especially coming from America, um, as with medical sites, they... They, 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 they put it all up there. So there are, there's a lot that one can go through. And hopefully this will be some of the, some of the highlights for the listener. Mm. Um, basically, in terms of uh, boosting the immunity, it's all about promoting the T cells or uh, lymphocytes, which are the immune cells that protect the body uh, from foreign uh, cells that want to do harm, which can be virus, it can be bacteria, uh, pathogens or cancer cells, all kinds of bad things. So you want to promote those. And it's um, there are certain types of foods that through research, scientific research and medical research uh, and studies have been shown to do that. Um, topping the list uh, on a lot of uh, US wellness uh, advisory sites, and it's a funny one, this, because um, in terms of people who already have uh, a cold or flu, the East and the West have very opposing ideas on this particular dish sometimes. Don't know if you can guess what it is yet, Noreen? No, I'm, I'm, no, okay. I'm okay. lost. All, all ears, though, I'm sure. It's, um, so uh, it's uh, chicken noodle soup. No so chicken way! Soup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chicken um, noodle soup? Yeah. It's, uh, it, I mean, it, it's... Um, Although it, although it is a kind of a comfort food or staple made by American mums for, for, for their kids who have got a cold or a flu, according to University of California, Los Angeles, this soup has um, an amazing amount of anti-inflammatory effect, calming down inflammation of the respiratory tract that takes place when you develop a cold. Uh, but it also noted, not only when you have a cold, but it noted that the soup... Um, has uh, a good amount of immunity-building 
uh, nutrients and vitamins in it. And the keeping of the respiratory tract uh, open and, uh, uh, and well moistened is said to be uh, good for immunity. That's from that. That's from the UCLA. Wow, it's so, so funny because in in Chinese medicine, when you have a cough or a cold, you don't have chickens. You don't have chicken soup because um, that's right. Yeah, so it's my 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 my, my wife and my mother in law because I'm married to someone who's Chinese um, does uh, say that uh, avoid avoid chicken in any form if you have a cold. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> especially so. Yeah. Especially during the bloodstream faster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so next, next up, and I mean, there, there, to be honest, there were literally tens and you know more than tens of, of possibilities. There's only so many we can go through today. But ginger tea, ginger, which uh, we probably many of us know is good for the relief of colds. Mm. It, it can also play a key role in boosting immunity, according to the International Journal of Preventative Medicine. And I'm not going to go into all of the details why, otherwise we'll only get through about three. So I'll move on to um, the next one, turmeric. Something of a wonder spice that we hear a lot more about these days in, uh, uh, as a supplement or to be used in a smoothie rather than um, purely in South Asian food, which are you know, the origins of the spice. Um, it's believed to contain anti-inflammatory qualities. And according to a study published by the Journal of Clinical Immunology, um, a chemical called curcumin which is in it, activates the production of those T-cells that I mentioned before. Just a reminder, a T-cell is also called a lymphocyte, and these are the immunity-promoting cells that can be encouraged by, by good food, nutrition, and good habits like enough sleep and so on to, um, to multiply and protect the body. Hmm. So, so, um, I wonder, I wonder yeah. if drinking tea will help you boost T-cells. Of course, it's different, but, uh, you know, because you often hear drinking you, tea. Uh, is, that, is that just a, is that a, a little joke within my long list, Marie? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I figure tea must be, you know, you're, that's yeah. why, you know, people who drink tea, you know, enjoy longevity or something like that. So it must be something in tea. And I wonder if there's a link to the T-cells. Anyway, sorry, my mind is drifting. Go on. Sorry to interrupt you. you. You, you know what? That could be a little sideline then, or either, you know, T cell promoting tea. Just a thought for you. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, well, the, the, the next one, which sounds um, generic, it is, is um, is just to to make sure that that you get as much vitamin C as possible, because th these also promote the T cells um, and they help to fight. Um, uh, all of the foreign cells that come in, whether it's virus or other harmful cells that come into the body. The first line of defense for harmful bacteria or viruses is often believed to be this, and that's why we're always hearing that citric fruit, oranges, lemons, and kiwi fruits, they're the e the, those, those are the easiest high-volume natural sources in fruit. There are some other vegetables that have it a lot, which we'll come on to in a bit as well. But just remember to dose up uh, preferably in a natural way on vitamin C because it uh, it fuels the body's immune system. Mm. So, yeah, blueberries next, full of antioxidants that can help prevent coughs and colds, uh, according to uh, research recently conducted by the University of Auckland in New Zealand. Uh, consuming flavonoids, which are a type of antioxidant, which are found in blueberries. Uh, made adults 33% less likely to catch a cold than those who did not eat 
flavonoid-rich foods or supplements daily. That was in a study. So that's blue blueberries, very worth very worth taking, or other foods that are high in flavonoids, but mm. we're sticking to blueberries. Um, next on the list is tomatoes, um, which are incredibly high, if people didn't know, in vitamin C. Um, just one medium tomato contains more than 16 milligrams of vitamin C. So that's quite a lot. You know, uh, often people will take something like a 500 milligram uh, capsule if they are taking supplements. You know, that, that, that's a fairly, um, you know, generous dosage for a vitamin C tablet. You get 16 just in one tomato, which is not bad. Yeah. Um, a, a German study published by a pharmaceutical publication whose name I can't pronounce um, it says that uh, vitamin C was shown to be a vital part of the strength of the body's major components of the immune system. And researchers noted that, the, that a deficiency in this nutrient can lead to a weaker immunity system. So get out there and get have, have yourself some more tomatoes. Um, <laughs> and, and, uh, and, and a big shout-out while we're uh, talking about red vegetables for red bell peppers, which are also very high in vitamin C. So bear that in mind. Red in particular. Red, my favorite. All right. Sweeter than the green, aren't they? Yeah. The yellow one is quite nice as well. Yeah, I like that. But not enough not not as much vitamin C. So put that put that yellow one down. Go for the red. Do you call it um do you call it pepper uh, pepper or do you call it uh capsicum? Um well I, I I was brought up calling it a pepper um, and when I went to Australia for the first time, I didn't know what a capsicum was when, it, when I was told that there was some in, uh, you know, different veggie <laughs> dishes. So uh, I think it's also called that in the US, isn't it? Yeah, I call it a pepper, but I've heard people call it capsicum. And yeah, I did a double take too. Right. Well, in Hong, it, it, since living in Hong Kong, I noticed that a lot of restaurants um, and maybe some food shops also call them bell peppers, oh, which bell is, peppers. Uh, yeah. yeah, just to differentiate from a from a chili pepper, I guess. <laughs> Um, but, <laughs> yeah. um, moving on, um, b- broccoli and other cruciferous vegetables. Now, do you know what a cruciferous veg is, Noreen? Uh, is it something that makes you fart? Well, um, that could be a um, an unwanted side product, unless you're into that, you know, for a laugh. <laughs> but but um, but but cruciferous <laughs> vegetables are also known as uh, um, brassicaceae which include um, cauliflower, cabbage, kale, uh, bok choy, and broccoli and Brussels sprouts, among others. Uh, yes, so, the gassy ones, yes. Yeah, exactly. As, as, you, as you said in uh, different, uh, different phrasing, they, they help to uh, promote immunity, according to UCLA again. Uh, researchers say that uh, a chemical in it, um, which is called um, sulf- uh, sulforaphane, it's funny what you were talking about there. The one sometimes associates with sulfur. The chemical that does you good is called sulforaphane, um, which combats free radicals in your body and hmm. prevents you from getting sick, therefore being better for the immunity. Hmm. Um, uh, next up. I guess get, there's some truth to You know, eat your veggies. Well, yeah, def- de- definitely. And there's some, there's some more kind of veg and uh, herbs coming up. Garlic often believed to be a wondrous food stuff in many types of cuisine, including many Asian cuisine as well as Western. Um, in the review um, of the uh, ingredient that was published in the uh, American 
Cochrane database of systematic reviews. That sounds like a dry publication, doesn't it? <laughs> but, but, but nevertheless, they came up with this fact that showed that a group of participants in a study who ate garlic over three months had only 24 cases uh, of a common cold, uh, a significant decrease in comparison to 65 um, cases that were reported in a control group of the same amount of people, which was 100. Wow, they probably stank so, so bad that even the bacteria stayed away from them. That's what I like about your theories, Nori. Always based on scientific, scientific concrete facts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, garlic. What goes better with garlic than rosemary in certain cuisines um, in the West? Um, rosemary, uh, of course, used as a herb for flavouring, but it's also very anti-inflammatory and rich in anti antioxidants. And a publication, uh, another one to put on your subscription list here, um, Critical Reviews in Food Science and Nutrition, notes that uh, anti-inflammatory effects in rosemary are better for um, the digestive system and help promote gut health. So that's helped to give you those kind of good bacteria in the gut leading to a boost in your immune system to keep you healthy. Um, I've got three more of these, uh, of these good ingredients to have. Oh, and it's not, we're doing good for time. It's, it's 2.22 at the moment. Yeah, I've got a clock, I've got a clock on Lama Island. Sorry, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> yeah. so, so at 2.22, number 10 is miso, made from soy, uh, made from soybean. Uh, miso contains um, the uh, chemical isoflavone, which is an antioxidant that helps boost the immune system. And in a study published in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition, um, it was shown that uh, due to the antioxidant content in soy products generally, but specifically in miso, um, it was very helpful in a study that this publication did uh, specifically on postmenopausal women. This group was found that their uh, immunity was boosted with dramatic effect. Uh, it didn't mention, though, the study, what the effects were on other age groups or whether men also benefit from MISO. But, but, it's, uh, but, but it, was, it, was a, it was a standout finding in a, in a, in a group of, uh, uh, of women over the age of about 50, but who were specifically postmenopausal. So that, that's, that's miso. That's good to know. I like all the ingredients on your, on your uh, good immunity list. We could, we could make quite, quite a stew or soup with all of these, couldn't we? Yeah. I think. And, and just, to get, just to give it a little more spice, the next on the list is star anise, which is a, I, like, I like that. Do you like that? I love that, yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's antibacterial, antifungal, um, and according to an in-depth review of the uh, dried spice published in the International Scholarly Research Notices uh, pharma Pharmacology, um, the study uh, noted that star anise acts as an antiviral property which, uh, which stops viruses from taking a hold. It also contains antioxidants that can help to boost your immunity in the first place to stop antiviral uh, cells getting active. So, that, so, so star anise uh, is, a, is, a, is, a, is a real, as, as I said, it's also antifungal, lots of good health properties there, which I didn't know about. Mm. Yeah. Um, last, last on the list for good things is um, something that, again, that we've heard 
like garlic and a couple of others on this list that, that, that are meant to be kind of superfoods in a way, goji berries. Um, so like you... Yeah, wolf, also yeah. wolf berries, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, 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 the, in the West, or it tends to be called, uh, or it has been called wolfberry quite a lot in recent times and sold as snacks, right? You can get them or they're, or they're adorning even biscuits and cakes sometimes and become quite quite fashionable, but but touted around as a superfood in sort of Western nutrition culture, or maybe global, maybe global as well, but originally kind of more known, I think, in uh, traditional Chinese medicine to go into uh, the mix. Yeah, as geizi. Like yeah. That. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so which became, which became, yeah, which became kind of, uh, I suppose, you know, mispronounced as goji. Like like Hong Kong for Hong Kong or whatever. Oh, you know? I'd never made that yeah. connection. Gaizi as Goji. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, the, the, yeah. The Westerners couldn't say it, Noreen, so they said Goji. Yes, <laughs> so, like yeah. heads up and ketchup. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, so Goji berries contain uh, a property called uh, polysaccharide, which help improve the immune function um, and and also help promote. Uh, uh, antioxidant activity within the body. They've also they've got they've got so much in them. And there's also a chemical called zeaxanthin, uh, uh, which gives immunity a boost. So it is said. So you can you can eat these straight like a raisin. Um, they come in these days in in packs that are a bit like snack packs. Um, but they can be a bit bitter. Do you find? Do you have you ever eaten them? Yeah, they're not very yeah. nice on its own. Yeah. To be honest, I'm not a big fan of them. Even in soups, they 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 yeah. make this weird taste. But I, I've heard that it's mm. very good for you, especially it's good for your eyes. Um, that's what my yeah. grandma said. That's what that's that's what I was that was what I was told by my mother-in-law as well. <laughs> so uh, like if you know if you're looking at the computer a lot, have some put some, chuck some of those in your soup. So uh, well, my and, gra- uh, yeah. Well, my grandma's blind, as you know, so she keeps telling yeah. me I need to eat more of that. I was like, okay, I'll I'll listen to you, grandma. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, um, I mean, it's um, yeah. I think some of these things. It's funny how they have crossed over with the other the anti-immune functions and so on. Perhaps those are things that were known in traditional Chinese medicine by by practitioners of uh, you know those who write out the prescriptions, but. But uh, but just became something that was known by people for generations, being something healthy to have. Exactly. Um, so those are, that that's the list for all of the things. Imagine the soup or the or the concoction, the stew. Chuck in some other bits and pieces, and uh, that would make quite a uh, quite an interestingly high flavoured and uh, highly healthy. Um, big old cauldron of stuff to boil up, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, how how much of it have you been eating to boost up your uh, immunity? I mean, uh, your your immune system. Have you have you been well, following that list? I do. I mean, I I, eat, I try and eat a lot of fruit anyway. Um, generally, when I'm working from home, I have a kind of a few go to uh, sandwiches that I make, which uh, or in With slightly fruits. warmer weather. A fruit um, sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was about to move on to tomatoes. Oh, of course, tomatoes. Of course, tomatoes. We can, we can, yeah, I know we can get into that annoying argument about it being a fruit. So, yes, I do make fruit sandwiches. I have tomato. In my, yeah. um, but um, no, I generally try and eat a few pieces of fruit. Um, my wife actually got into something which I haven't researched to find out whether it's really true or not, but. The eating fruit before a meal. This is what she's been doing for about the past one or two years. That it's meant to be a healthy 
way to digest food. It gets the enzymes going to break down the uh, the foods. I think. Yes, I've heard heard that? That, yes, I've heard that too. Yeah. People have oranges before the meal rather than yeah. after the meal because I heard that if you're if you have a big meal, your body's already working really hard to digest the, mm. you know, your, your your carb. I know your rice, your pasta, what whatever you're having, bread, um, a fruit sandwich, and then afterwards you're then digesting the oranges. By then, um, mm. it's not as effective. But uh, it's not based on any scientific th- um, uh, research or anything. It's just what I heard. Um, yeah. Let's continue with our chat after the two thirty news, uh, Anders. Perhaps we let's can talk that. about um, the, the, the bad things <laughs> that you shouldn't be eating. Uh, for your immune system. I will get Absolutely. to that after the 2.30 news. Um, and of course, we want our listeners to weigh in as well. Feel free to drop us an email. Uh, the email address is 123show at rthk.hk. Maybe they want to share, uh, you want to share your um, uh, immune-boosting food tips. Back to the uh, 123 show with me, Noreen Mir. Uh, Andrew Dambina is joining us on the line to talk about uh, sort of the good and the bad foods that we should be having to boost our immunity, uh, our immune system. Uh, hey, Anders, are you still there? Certainly am. Excellent. Um, do you wash your hands regularly, uh, just on the back of that API over there? I do. Um, I, it, it's made me think about the bits in between the fingers and calling them webs, which I hadn't really <laughs> thought about before. So I like that reminder. Yeah, finger webs. Yeah, I never call it the finger webs, just between the fingers. It's quite yeah, interesting. Yeah, gets the point across, though. Yeah, but if you do sort of put your hand in front of you, you do sort of see the webby bit. Hmm. Anyway, yeah. uh, back to today's uh, program. We're talking about uh, good foods and bad foods. So you've gone through the list of the good foods that we should be mm. having, ending on goji berries, uh, also yeah. uh, known as wolf berries. So they're good to have. What about some of the bad stuff? Right. Now, of course, um, this is an, an extra, as mentioned. You know, like there would have been more good things. There'll be some more bad things as well. But the worst things uh, for the immune system um, can you guess any, Noreen, off the, off, the, off the top of your head? I think sugar would be up there. Yeah, it's, it, it, is, it is in there. Um, it, it's going to be, okay, I'll, I'll come on to that, but I, I'll, I'll start off with the thing that... Alcohol, uh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, go on, go on, yeah, that is another one. Yeah, go on. All the, all the stuff that you love. Basically, yeah, and, and first on the list is something that a lot of people love, um, and when I used to work in... Uh, RTHK full-time, I, uh, I watched uh, some of my colleagues, some of our colleagues, uh, I won't name any, who liked them quite a lot, uh, certain big brands. Fast food. We all know that eating fast food isn't the best for your body, but, uh, um, but you know, some people think, well, if I just have the odd burger here and there, it can't be that bad, can it? Well, uh, research does disagree with this. Do you know this, Noreen? No, I don't, but I, I can sort of guess, yes, I'm sure that fast food is terrible for you, it's all that processed food. Well, it, it certainly is, but, but the thing is that even um, occasionally or, or, or sort of a couple of times a week, it can... Uh, a couple of times a week, food. that's a lot. What about a couple of times a year? Is that okay? What? No, that's yeah, that's fine. You're all right there, Noreen. <laughs> oh, thank goodness. You enjoy, enjoy, you, you enjoy that a couple of times a year. Um, but, 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 but no, if it's, if it's people who sometimes just think, you know, working late and grabbing something quickly on the way home and it's, and it's fast food, I think people are doing this less, but some people still do it. Um, it, it can reprogram the way that uh, an immune system reacts to potential issues. Uh, putting some of the chemicals within it can put the uh, the immune system on a state of high alert. This was this has been found through research on uh, lab animals such as mice who ate um, 
the uh, food laced with uh, Happy uh, meal. that was hot. Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> a lot of little cute mouse Happy Meal. Um, but but no, basically, uh, I mean, it's funny. One of the first things that you mentioned was sugar, and fast food does have a lot of sugar content and is low in fiber. Um, and those two things are particularly prevalent, and that was replicated to make fast food in, in uh, mice in labs. And the response was notable. Um, after a month, the bodies were acting like they were fighting off micro uh sorry microbial invaders their systems didn't get back to normal until they switched back to a healthy diet Um, but uh bodies can be in a ready to react mode by having no fiber and high sugar content on a regular basis and fast food contains both of these in abundance uh, above above the other kind of uh e chemicals and other you know sort of uh non-natural flavorings that are in there as well so the, um, uh, it doesn't mean that people can never eat burgers, and we're living in a place where there are lots of uh, high-quality organic meat burgers. Or people, you know, people can even make them uh, themselves. Have you ever, you ever made your own burger, Nori? Yeah, we used to have that sort of every Thursday burger night at home. I mean, it's so oh, easy. Right. To, yeah, it's easy to make it yourself. You know, exactly. you can put anything you like, a pickle. Yeah. yeah. And and, and and you can um, and if you've got kids, you can kind of slyly grate in some vegetables into the mix, can't you? Like carrots. And, exactly. Or yeah. just you know have a mushroom burger. You get a giant uh, portobello mm. mushroom and, and have that instead. That's fun. That's, yeah, that's yeah. quite yummy. It's quite juicy. Yeah, that is that is very good. Mm. So um, using using, I mean, to to, to go for non meat is one option, but um, a, a lot of a lot of the uh, recommendations actually for things to avoid are things which are artificial and it's always better but we know how expensive it is in hong kong but it is it's uh you know as the as the old timers say you can't put a price on your house noreen a <laughs> <laughs> terrible cliche but it but it's um but you know i mean we, it, sometimes it does come down to that doesn't it especially in difficult times where organic label means at least double the cost and so on but but it's but this is what nutritionists and the research that I was doing, of course, recommend having organic meat if you're making your own burgers, um, or buying ones which are um, uh, free of additives and with certified organic labels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and and also substituting um, fries for uh, you can make your own, or some restaurants will have baked fries which are you know with skin on, which have the nutrients and. Uh, um, which which help prevent, which are giving you extra nutritional uh, barriers against viruses and colds. So mm. there are all the, there are all these different things to think about. Um, uh, but uh, next one on the list of what to avoid, though, is of course uh, our old friend MSG. Mm. So um, it's a shortcut um, which is used less, but it's still used a lot um, when you're eating out. No one these days. Um, a, a thinking person won't really often have one of those little bottles of MSG. So I'm not going to ask you, Noreen, if you do or you don't. No, we don't. No. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sure you wouldn't. I'm sure you're going to say on air that you don't, so I won't ask you. But it's... Um, <laughs> But yeah. I'm just trying to think. It's it's in every you know. If you go out to as cliche as it sounds, but if you go out to an Asian uh, cuisine, uh, Asian restaurant, Chinese restaurant, mm. for example, uh, they always put MSG, right? Is is well, that like a no? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's for, for 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 lots of restaurants, unless they say they don't. Um, in uh, in in Asia, traditionally, as a low cost way of getting flavour, 
which gets a a salty and flavoursome, you know, the, the kind of the trendy word for some time has been umami to give something a kind of a, 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 a salty uh, taste to it. Has been, has been, it's been used a lot. And I think that there are some restaurants now which are priced a little above the general cafes or chanting restaurants, which say that they're serving things without MSG because there is a bit more of an awareness of it, but people know they're going to pay more for it because mm. MSG equals just throw in something that you don't really know what it is and you get a big flavour. But it, but obviously, it's something to think about during a time when there's something like the coronavirus going around. Perhaps don't have too many of those, um, you know, noodle soups in those places. I'm not, you know, it's, it sounds bad to be just dissuading people to go and going from x y or z but but it's but when you're talking about just getting through this tough period at the moment and maybe wanting to avoid um anything uh contagious uh getting into your system it's just something to think about yeah it's so interesting you mentioned that because you know a lot of the times when there are uh, health crises or the typhoon uh, mm. people will often just buy all the all those uh, cup noodles or instant noodles which is full of msg <laughs> Yeah, actually, you know, I've seen in, in, in supermarkets around the beginning of this coronavirus time, and even uh, um, I think I may have seen my son, my teenage son, <laughs> pick up a couple of, uh, of, of quick of, noodles. Yeah, I which, picked uh, up Yeah, I picked up two or three yeah. cup noodles for the family, yeah. but I realised, oh, right. you know, well, and, and, and it's still also, sitting there. You're not going to yeah, have yeah, it. Yeah, and, and, and also I think that some people like them as a, some type, as a sort of... I've. I, I'm, I'm tired, yeah, yeah, and it's an easy thing to do. Or just as a watching TV, shovel away a quick noodle. It's, um, so it's, e it's easily done, but better avoided, I'd say. Absolutely. Um, yeah. The other one that you did um, touch on was alcoholic beverages. Um, ha has anyone noticed? I mean, you, you, you've been through um, uh, having um, a child recently, and you're still um, uh, bringing up a young child. So probably um, if you're feeding naturally you might not be drinking are you drinking alcohol at the moment no or? sadly no, just spraying right. it on my hands okay well okay the good news is though Noreen, that it's not it's not good to be drinking too much of it so you're only missing some <laughs> tell yourself you're only missing some harmful effects but um it, it's um, i mean have, have you noticed or do you remember when you you know sort of some months ago when you were drinking that um sometimes if you had more than one or two um, you could pick up a cold a bit more easily than usual. I mean, yeah, I yeah. think so. I think it does make you more tired and perhaps makes you more run down. I mean, if you have, mm. you know, a friend's birthday party, you go out for a couple of drinks, a, a dinner yeah. followed by a couple of drinks. The next day, you are feeling just more tired, and yeah, you that, do feel, that, well, yeah, more run. Yeah, down. I mean, it, that's that's true. You feel more tired, but um, but drinking alcohol can also affect hormones, which disrupts the circadian rhythm. That's the sleep and waking cycle, which is why people wake up in the middle of the night after they've been drinking. Oh, and yes. um, sleep cycles are very closely connected to the immune function. We need decent sleep. So alcohol-related changes in that, uh, that circadian uh, rhythm can make people feel unwell. Um, the effects are noticed in people who drink a lot, like, you know, excess drinkers, but even moderate drinking can sometimes uh, have an effect on people that will lower their immune function, especially if they're having quite a few in an evening. And uh, even whether they wake up or not, it just uh, does lower the, uh, the, the, 
the hormonal balance, which means that you're susceptible to um, to virus or other bacteria. Mm. So um, it's advised by nutritionists to drink lower alcohol um, drinks, which basically means avoiding spirits when possible, despite this uh, cooler weather where some people I know might enjoy a nip of something a little stronger. Better not to have too many of those. Just, um, just the 70% alcohol spray on your hands. Yeah, yeah, and just to, and keep those hands away from your mouth, obviously. <laughs> Otherwise, you might wake up in the middle of the night and lower your, your immunity. <laughs> so, um, did you mention caffeine before as well? Uh, no, I was thinking it. Um, right. Yeah. Okay. Well, they may make our mornings better for some of us who are kind of in those habitual routines, but they but they do have. Uh, some unwanted effects on the immune system. Um, you know, we the reason that, they, that tea and coffee are popular starts for the day is because they literally do boost, uh, give a boost of energy that wakes people up in the morning. Um, cortisol is a hormone that's uh, released in response to stress in other times is something that's promoted by caffeine. Um, and it's cortisol that gives us a, a, a real chemical, physical boost of energy um, but the body misinterprets it sometimes as a response to stress and it's uh, it plays around with the metabolism and can in some people not in most but it can also affect the mood of some people but the important thing is that it lowers the immune function if you if, for those who are drinking too many units of it a day so consuming caffeine regularly um, can uh, can reduce some, the production of something called uh, interleukin, which fights invading cells, which can be all the ones we've mentioned before, whether it's virus or bacteria or whatever. So you're actually impeding the, uh, the production of those barriers against the bad stuff. So it's just worth bearing in mind that having, at the moment at least, while this virus is around, um, a few less coffees or teas. Uh, moderation is suggested by Good. nutritionists. Good advice. Um, um, so next up, uh, it's an obvious one really, but uh, so pesticide-laden uh, fruit and veg. So make sure that whatever way you choose, whether it's a pre-made vegetable wash and there, there are cynics out there who say you don't need to buy those, I do buy those and have been for a while because the layer of, um, uh, of spray that was evident on fruit and vegetables for years seemed to be getting more and more. And so from health shops, I bought certain sprays. I've spoken to a lot of nutritionists and people about this. They say, don't bother. You can make your own out of, out of bicarbonate of soda and, uh, and uh, lemon juice and different concoctions, which are all, you know, researchable very easily online. I haven't tried that, and I'm sure that does work. But whichever way you go, probably best, you know, again, like we said before, to get um, the more naturally grown fruit and veg, but they cost a lot. So, 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 you know, the next best thing is, and also depending on whether there are shops or vendors close to you to get those things, uh, the best is to wash off rather than peel, because again, there are lots of vitamins and nutrients in the peel. So you, wanna, you want to ingest that because it's good for fighting off um, the, the bad things. It's good for your immunity to take, those, to take in those nutrients in the peel. So you have to make sure that they're clean. Good um, advice. Yeah, it's. Um, I'm just ne running through the list. I'm just running through the list of things that. Oh gosh, maybe occasionally I do have the coffee, every now and again. Mm. Mm. Oh okay, right. Well, how about this one, Noreen? Something else to avoid: diet soda. 
I wouldn't think you're big on that, are you? No, no, no. No. Okay. Well, it's um, it's of course it's not the best choice. Um, now, one of the reasons that the diet stuff became popular because it doesn't have sugar, which a lot of people weren't wanting to have for all sorts of health reasons. Um, but um, the uh, the the fake uh, sweetener or the man-made sweetener is full of artificial ingredients. And you know, we've spoken about this before. I'm sure many listeners know that it's some of those um, saccharin sucralose and various other ones, there are a bunch of them, which don't do immune functions any favours. Um, studies have shown that, uh, that the, uh, these, these uh, sweeteners, man-made sweeteners, can reduce levels of beneficial bacteria in your gut directly. That's the probiotics uh, that we've spoken about before. They can uh, have an effect on the metabolism as well, uh, which is how your body is uh, affects the way your body is able to respond to potential threats. So those are those are really. It's funny how things go full circle. I think when those uh, non-sugary drinks first came out, people were raving about them, weren't they? You know, cer- certain certain brand followed by the word zero, for example, and all of these. You know, and it's um, it's now the. Uh, pendulum as as often happens goes against them but i don't think this is going to change if there have been studies made where the metabolism can be affected in adverse ways and it can stop the good bacteria from building within the stomach it has to be something to be avoided permanently Uh, then leading on from uh diet soda to sugary snacks and sugar you did say and it's no surprise, really, that it's on the list to avoid, is it? Oh, uh, is is chocolate separate from that list? Um, I did I did read while I was researching this that chocolate is really great for people who already have a cold or flu. Some people believe that the flavonoids in it are good for the heart, but there was inconclusive support that it's good for what we're talking about today, which is building up the immunity. Oh. So. So um so sorry if we're talking about heart health yes but, <laughs> but so 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 you can but then again it has to be over 65 to 70% cacao content at least otherwise any chocolate that is below about 70% or sometimes some say 65 has too much um milk and sugar mm-hmm. added to make it palatable so but you know it's it, you can take these things to extremes i mean this is not Nothing to get sort of too hard and fast about, but but we are talking about the things which are to be avoided now, which will bring down the immunity, like like the diet sodas because of the uh, type of sweeteners that are used in those. Sugary snacks are advised at the moment, or or for those wanting to build immunity, not to be had because um, they un- unwanted strains of bacteria um, do thrive on sugar. And those include unwanted bacteria in the gut. And so much emphasis, as we've touched on uh, sometimes these days, is on body health revolving around gut health. And um, so bacterial uh, good guys, the probiotics in the stomach, uh, will be doing better if you have less, less sugar uh, in, your, in your system. That's, that's, that's one of the facts that have come up recently. Mm. Um, uh, I, I, you're pretty depressed to hear that, Maureen. <laughs> I don't even know how to respond. I, <laughs> I know, I know. I, not, which, I, know. It, oh. I, I, can, I can hear that. I can hear that really 
that's a silent sigh coming from, <laughs> coming from your director. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so there are a couple more. And uh, firstly, quickly, is um, products containing gluten. Gluten mm. is one of those worst foods. And it's not um, a just something that's come up because of all the gluten-free and allergies that people have realized. It's funny to think of a time, certainly when I grew up, that nobody had heard of gluten-free or that, that you could have a, an intolerance towards it. So it, it, it's a funny one, really, but it, it nevertheless is the general belief in nutritionists and health experts today that gluten has a lot to answer for. And it's found primarily in wheat and barley uh, or products that are made from those grains. Uh, it's extremely difficult for the body to digest, but a lot of people do digest it without any problem at all. However, um, it's also... Um, not so good. It does produce um, certain proteins. There's one called zonulin, which breaks down the cells of your intestinal walls. Now that's not that's so that's not too good, and that happens to everyone. Um, the that that chemical does impede the intestinal walls, and this means that toxins and food particles and other harmful substances get more free reign to get into the bloodstream, mm. uh, which can cause unwanted immune response to leave people feeling less than at their optimum health. So, okay. I, I, I'm beginning to feel from the silences from you, Noreen, that I might have started this with the worst things and ended on the good things. I because, know. <laughs> now I'm thinking because, some of the things yeah, I'm yeah, guilty yeah. of. It's like, what can I possibly eat now? I know. <laughs> well, well, the, the answer is there were far more things in the um, in the first part of uh, our chat today. So people need to go back and listen to those because the list of what you can't eat, uh, and I'm about to come to the last one, is much shorter. So, so I'll, I'll just quickly get through this last one so that we can talk about something cheerful. Um, <laughs> So uh, the last one of, of what to avoid is refined oils. Now, oil, as we know, can be incredibly healthy for you. We've talked before about fatty acids and omega-3, uh, vitamin E, um, and that's from oils which are, um, you know, naturally produced. Avoid, like many things, the refined oils. Mm. So those are the cheaper ones. Um, and it's all about this yet again. Everything we're talking about always costs more. But, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely worth it if you want to stay in your possible possibly uh, most prime sort of condition right now i think so um avoid the cheaper ones which are mass produced and stick to high quality cold pressed oils as much as you can coconut oil which was a big must-have touted around about a year or two ago all the time is still believed to be great ghee which you don't see much of clarified butter mm. in uh in, in Hong Kong, it's in it's in um, Indian restaurants, and probably you can buy it from Indian um, food stores, grocery stores. Or, yes. Yeah. Um, or organic virgin oil doesn't have to be the extra virgin stuff. Although if you're having salads, extra virgin oil has lots of uh, free radicals and is good for you. Not really salad weather, but but virgin olive oil, um, avocado oil. They're, they're also good bets. Uh, they're less likely to cause immunity issues when you get these high quality versions and that maureen brings me to the end of the don't have list you'll be oh. pleased to hear oh thank goodness i was worried you'd list out even <laughs> even more yeah. of my favorite food yeah yeah well 
Um, they didn't. I didn't. I didn't hear them say anything about Chasu fan or, or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and the, the, the funny thing about gluten, which we hear a lot about these days, uh, and maybe maybe this is um, you know something good about living in in Asia in particular, is that rice when we can when we can find a bag of it in the supermarket uh, doesn't have gluten um, unless you're getting the sticky rice. But normal long grain rice. Um, doesn't have gluten in the same way that noodles or rice flour doesn't have gluten either. So rice noodles, you avoid the gluten that way. It's, um, people, uh, we don't we don't have um, bakers in Hong Kong, apart from maybe some uh, very extraordinarily little boutique bakeries, or maybe in some hotels that are doing gluten free baking, which is a shame because um, I noticed in the UK having to go back there for family reasons a lot over the last few years, that the shelves of cakes and bread uh, in, the, in the UK, and I think I think, we, I think I might have spoken to you about this, can't remember if it was on air or just um, when you went to Australia recently, that you were saying the same there too, yeah? I think, so yeah, <clears throat> there's definitely a, way more of an awareness um, mm. overseas about it. Yeah, one thing find... that... One thing... Go on, sorry. No, no, do you find that in Hong Kong people are very aware of gluten? I mean, are restaurants sort of aware of gluten-free um, uh, well, items on their menu? Um, I've seen it mentioned in some, let's say, better, i.e. more expensive restaurants that, um, that gluten-free uh, dishes are available. You know, please ask the waiting staff. Um, but I don't see really, apart from actually, yeah, one or two um, health-oriented um, or vegetarian, vegan specialist restaurants will have a gluten-free section. But in, otherwise, in restaurants that cater to people who eat all sorts of things don't usually have a gluten-free section or they don't asterisk a gluten-free dish. Mm. So that's not happening here. And you don't get... It's very rare to walk into a supermarket... Uh, I think almost never. Maybe some of the really, you know, sort of famous top-end supermarkets might have one or two. They'll have a cake, maybe, but you, you don't. Uh, maybe even a, a, a bread product here and there. But it's very, very rare that you see it here. And I don't. And also, doctors don't seem to be testing people for um, food tolerances in Hong Kong in the uh, same way that it's considered to be a go-to option for for someone who's not in the best of health in other places. So I don't think it's in the mindset in Hong Kong in many ways. Yeah, both you're retail, right. Yeah, yeah you're right. We, we don't really test for sort of intolerances or food allergies in, in Hong Kong. No, no. I, I, I wish we did, but uh, but we have to do it sort of in some uh, private clinic somewhere because, um, it's uh, yeah, that's the only way to uh, to find out if you have those things here. Yeah, well, food for thought indeed. Um, Andrew, thank you so much for your sharing this week. Really uh, offered us a lot of uh, good information of foods to have to boost our immune system and also foods to, to avoid, uh, which I'm sure some of us know they're guilty of. Well, I know I'm certainly guilty of a bit of sugar uh, occasionally. Yeah. A, bit, a bit's not, bit not going to be the end of the world, Maureen. It's, uh, it's, just, it's just, just, just things to keep, keep us in our prime uh, hopefully for not too many months longer. Absolutely. Well, stay healthy and stay safe out there. Thank you very much indeed for your time, Andrew. And we'll be chatting with you again uh, this time next week, uh, next Tuesday. Thank you very much, Andrew. Thanks. Bye now. And um, also many.